Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to your Pro Wrestling Index. Again, it's me in the hosting chair. I think Andy's fed up and he's, he, he can't he can't live with just living on the hope that Bray Wyatt's going to be our saviour, like me and Alex. But um, joining me this time, it's not Alex, it is Tadiwa. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. It seems like my Brock Lesnar schedule is lining up with the man himself. Exactly. What is it, three, four weeks in a row for him? Yeah, that's crazy. You're lazier than bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in this one, we are... Uh, previews a strong word. <laughs> We're going to be previewing, I suppose, the super... I, I, I'm i calling it the super shit show, but it's the super show, showdown, I believe. I thought that was the name of the Australian one. But anyway, the super Saudi shit show. Um, but we will also be talking about NXT, which we didn't get a chance to do a preview for, because Liverpool fans, Champions League, you know, <laughs> we were distracted. But um, yeah, today, obviously we had NXT 25, which kind of came out of the blue, um, planning-wise, and was a lot more rushed than usual takeovers, but that did not affect the quality of the show. It was one of those shows that you forget is happening until... You know, someone mentioned that the day before, and then you're like, oh, right, there's NXT. It, it seemed to be in the middle of a whole lot of things. As you mentioned, obviously, as Liverpool fans, um, Champions League final. And then also there was the AEW show the week before. There's mm-hmm. this show the week after. Yeah, it seemed to be sandwiched in a position that isn't, you know, of, of you know where it's not really highlighted. So for them to pull off a show like they did was was quite impressive. Yeah, and it was also the boxing, which I, I made the choice of watching the Anthony Joshua card over this uh, at real time. Uh, and that was a good decision. <laughs> that was a good decision as well. I know you're a boxing fan as well to do. Um, yeah, it was a very good decision, that one. Uh, yeah, I, I did the opposite because I, I thought it was a foregone conclusion, as I suppose did most people with the Anthony Joshua. And whereas NXT, I was interested to see how they would respond to AEW. So yeah, mm. yeah, Andy Ruiz, big up, man. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, this is a wrestling pod, not a boxing pod. Um, and I'm glad Mauro Ronaldo worked for WWE rather than I think he does Showtime, which is obviously not anything, uh, not anymore. But yeah, uh, 
first match, we're not going to do a, a detailed review on this one because we do have a lot of crap to cover later on, <laughs> quite literally. Um, but first match, we got Matt Riddle v Roderick Strong. I had no idea what the card was before going into this, so I was surprised seeing this match on first because I, I don't watch NXT Weekly. But um, I think this match just delivered what most people expected because Matt Riddle's put on some fantastic matches in the recent takeovers. And Roderick Strong, albeit he's been part of a stable for, for quite a while now, before that he was putting on classics himself. So <laughs> we just got what I expected. How about you? Yeah, I think Roderick Strong is becoming the James Mulder of NXT very, very quickly. Where he's solid, you know you can put him in anywhere on the card, where the singles or tag team, triple threat, ladder match, whatever it is, and he's going to put in a solid performance. And um, obviously, as you mentioned, Matt Riddle's come in and really, really done well. Um, he seems to be living up to the hype of uh, the indies. He came in from the indies being, you know, wrestler of the year for, for the indies rookie of the year, those type of accolades that he was collecting there. Um, so I think there was a lot of pressure coming in for him. And this match really set the pace for for the for the for the whole event. So it was good to see that they they were up to it. And obviously I think the interesting thing is there wasn't too much I don't I don't know how you thought about it, but there wasn't too much gimmicky stuff in terms of mm. The opening of of NXT, whereas you know maybe some people were speculating after AEW, we saw the raw that came after AEW, and they seemed to not respond to the AEW show with the raw they put out. So maybe then they were going to respond with NXT, and it seems like they didn't respond in giving jibes, jibes, and 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 you know, but they did respond in the quality of the show, and I think that this this match was definitely a good way to set that tone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, obviously, with Matt Riddle, um, he, he, he looks like he is feuding with um, all of Undisputed Era, and this is kind of the start of that. Is this kind of the beginning of his trajectory towards the um, main event and the main title? I think it is. And I, I, I'm speculating here purely, but I think... He's the type of guy that could really do well with those, you know, obviously they've been oversaturated in WWE prior to WrestleMania, but a gauntlet match where he has to go mm. through maybe the whole of Undisputed Era just to get to Adam Cole or to earn a title shot against Adam Cole, I think that could be really interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I don't know how quickly they want to push him in terms of he still obviously needs to work out the the character that he portrays when he's walking to the ring versus the in-ring character that he is, you know, the hard-hitting MMA guy uh, versus maybe the casual surfer dude, you could say. Um, so I, I, I don't know if they're comfortable with where he is there. If not, maybe they might hold him back a little bit and let him work on it a bit more. But it seems like in terms of baby faces out there with Adam Cole as champion, he seems to be the most likely, I would say, in terms of comp um viable competitors for Adam Cole. Yeah, maybe post-war games or something, you can kind of put that in um, um, extra gear, because I think that's the Survivor Series uh, weekend, which would be the one after SummerSlam, I believe, so it might be two takeovers after that or something, then you could start um, fine-tuning Matt Riddle towards that. Um, but the next match, we had the uh, mad-as-hell ladder match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships, because... The Viking 
I can't remember what the name is. Raiders. I'm going with they. They. The only ones who can't take their titles on the main on the main card and can't do the job for someone else. But um, we saw um, Street Profits v Onion Larkin and Danny Birch. That's the first time I've got that right. I normally just call it like Larkin and Oni, uh, but it's right in front of me, so I couldn't get it wrong. The Undisputed Era and the Forgotten Sons. Um, this was probably most interesting for me to do because I haven't seen anything at all really of the street prophets and the forgotten sons um but well they announced themselves to me quite bloody well yeah and i, I suppose maybe the easiest would be the forgotten sons in that i think they took the place of the viking raiders war raiders viking experience um in terms of being you know the big guys that just throw people around in the match um so i think that that's maybe where they got their slot in and then if you look at street prophets I think for them, it um, they've been obviously in in and around um, NXT and developmental for quite some time, and I think um, in terms of Angela Angela Dawkins, I think he's been there. I think is he the one that's been there for quite a while at NXT? I think so because he's the he's the one I recognise. So I believe it would be him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously. It needed to happen now, I think, for them. Um, either it happens now or I, I don't know what they do with it. If it, um, I think in terms of the hype, um, maybe the hardcore NXT fans, Street Profits have been a really, really popular uh, tag team and they've just never gotten their chance. And it was starting to get similar to what Enzo and Cass had where mm. they just never seemed to win the title. And, you know, it was a shame that Enzo and Cass never got to hold those NXT titles, if, if I'm not mistaken. And they were so hot in NXT. So to avoid that, I think that that's why they gave the titles to Street Profits. Give them the titles. Let's see how far they can take them, opposed to maybe just, you know, trying to reheat them up after losing here again. Alternatively, what they could have done is if they weren't going to give them the titles, then maybe give Montez Ford a singles run because he seems mm. to be uh, a star in the making. Um, so, yeah, I think those were the only two options for them. And I'm, I, I have no problems with them getting the title. The crowd was so into them. And I think they made them, they made them as stars that night. Just, you know, someone that doesn't watch them often. If you were to tune in and see that brutal match that happened – and then see the way the crowd reacted after they won, you would think these guys are something special, which, which is always good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're spot on with the uh, Montez Ford shout as well as a star in the making. That, that dive over the ladder onto... I I only remember him as Gunner from TNA. I can't remember what they actually called him, so I'm just going to call him Gunner. <laughs> um, Riker. Riker, that's the one. Um, the dive onto him over that ladder uh, when I think it was Undisputed Era holding it. Oh my God, he got some goddamn airtime on that. That was uh, that was some mad stuff. And the in the interruption. I'm going to continue to call him Gunner because I like no. that name. <laughs> um, yeah, he he is um, that in that interruption by him. I think that really worked well in the match. It kind of took the pace out of it and let. It, to kind of breathe in, if you get what I mean. It just kind of killed the pace, but also added to the quality of it. So I, I thought this match was was as perfect as it could be. Well, ladder match is probably the one thing across the board. WWE does really well, and th this just continued the trend. 
Yeah, definitely. And it'll be interesting to see if Shawn Michaels was one of the guys that helped, you know, produce this. And because he seems to be involved in a lot of backstage stuff with regards to ladder matches, and he does a phenomenal job with that. Um, just going back to Riker, yeah, I, I thought it was a really good time because um, to to bring him in and just maybe slow it down a little bit because yeah, the pace was pretty frantic. I thought, um, and then. In terms of the way the match finished, I thought that was really good spots. Build it up to, you know, as the Street Profits were going, I mean, Forgotten Sons were going up to collect. You could see the crowd was not into it. And I think that's probably the beauty between NXT and um, the main roster is where NXT can can tease, but then still give you the, the you know, the, the satisfaction of, of the ending. Whereas it seems like the main roster will tease and still go with the tease. Mm. That's not always the best thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's, it's just it's just run better. Um, so in terms of the future of the tag team titles, do we expect maybe Undisputed Era kind of get more in the main event picture? And then we have, I don't know, Street Profits v. The Forgotten Sons. That seemed to be kind of the hint throughout the match. Yeah, it could be. But the I think the interesting thing for me, and, and I suppose maybe we'll allude to this more when we speak of the main event, but we have to remember the, the Adam Cole prophecy that he's had that every single member of, of Undisputed Era is going to hold the title. Mm. Adam Cole is champion now. Um, you know, that the clock might be ticking on that, on, on when, when they then push everyone to get some sort of title. So it will be interesting to see if they do play play into that a little bit. Um, or if they go a completely different route. But I think that's something we have to just keep an eye out for um, in terms of are they going to try and get them all to hold titles before maybe they move up to the main roster. Yeah, I, I think the toughest one there would probably be a nice segue. This, I think if you had, if I imagine Roderick Strong would be the one going after the uh, North American one, which probably be a bit crowbarred in compared to some natural few you'd, you'd probably have with Velveteen. Um but yeah, next match we had with um, with Velveteen via returning Tyler Breeze. And before we talk about a match, what what do you make of the returning Tyler Breeze? Because obviously uh, quite a few injuries in NXT and, well, he was horrendously treated. I, I don't think his gimmick was ever really going to translate well into the, into the main roster, but he's back. And he's back putting on matches that we remember him so fondly for all back in NXT all them years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can definitely see the quality of the guy in this match in terms of, I think he came out wanting to show all of the stuff that he can do and sort of prove a point that I actually can wrestle. Um, and we know he's very heavily involved in the coaching aspect of, of you know, either WWE or his outside projects where he's got a lot in his locker that he can offer to other people. And he seems to be quite highly regarded in, you know, when it comes to coaching, I think for me, uh, the only thing is I'm hoping that he hasn't taken up uh, or they haven't reduced his pay pay. I mm. hope that they, you know, he didn't get a pay cut just to go, to go down to the, you know, to developmental and inverted commas. I'm hoping he's still on his main roster contract. Um, that would be the sweet deal. I think for me, because yeah, you can see NXT is the perfect place for him. They're going to treat him well. Main roster, he was never really going to get a chance. I enjoyed the fashion police, though. Um, I thought that was... Who, who that didn't, was to be fun. fair? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Um, and yeah, so we'll see how he goes. And it will be interesting to eventually, if someone ever reveals whether or not 
he gets a pay cut by going back down or he keeps the same wages. Yeah, do you think this opens the door for for others? I mean, I'm trying to think of someone specifically, but... EC3? Yeah, that's probably the best shout, because he's gone proper AWAR. I know Sanity's now split up all over the shop, but that could have worked for them, for instance. Um, probably Sasha Banks too high profile. Luke Harper could maybe do a job there whilst he's in limbo, I suppose. He, I think they just tried to delete him as quickly as possible from uh, from WWE.com and all that jazz. But it's just, uh, do you think that's a, a a new career, not trajectory, but a career path for some people who are struggling on the main roster? I think this was probably an exception because Tyler has so much goodwill within the company. Um, the only way I could see it becoming a reality is maybe once uh, SmackDown moves to... Fox, if mm. let's say NXT gets an FS1 deal, or mm. I, I think NXT would need to be on TV and generating some some sort of, I know that sounds harsh to say generating some sort of money, but we have to understand NXT does run at a loss. So for them to be sending some of the talent that they have on, on the main roster down to NXT when it's making such a loss, I don't see them finding that financially viable. Logically, I think it would be viable, but I just don't see Vince. Vince will make it not, you know, he'll 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 phrase it as not being financially viable. So I think if NXT does get an FS1 deal or some sort of TV deal, then that conversation I think becomes more realistic. No, that's a very good point. It's a very good point. Um, but the match itself, did did you enjoy it? Vel- Velveteen and Tyler Breeze, two character heavy people, wrestlers, um, and I think it just kind of. It kind of avoided that. It had great storytelling in the match, but it kind of annoyed, uh, avoided the gimmicky bullshit that you see in some matches, especially on the main roster. But I thought this was a really good story told. Probably not as good as the main event and the ladder match, I'd say, but it was still a very good match. Yeah, it, it was a very solid match. And I, I think maybe the, the most disappointing thing for me is that they didn't address AEW. If there's two guys mm. on that roster that you would expect to either, you know, Velveteen having something on his tights or, you know, Tyler Breeze making a some sort of comment during the match. I thought those two I thought that's where the the sort of jibe was gonna come from. Um but yeah, other than that, I thought it was a good match. It's a difficult position they were in because the first two matches were so, you know, strong and they had the crowd really going. It seems like they kind of had that come down slot where they, they needed to just, because the crowd was exhausted at that point, in terms of just constantly cheering, not necessarily in terms of length of time that they had been there, just because the other two matches were so high impact. Um, but yeah, I think they, they did the best that they could, considering the position they were in, and I, I enjoyed the match for, for what it was. Yeah, same for me, same for me. Um, next match, oh God, my hatred of Shayna Baszler <laughs> matches continues <laughs> I I did not it wasn't bad I just didn't enjoy it that much this, the women's match um, I thought the ending was a bit stupid because why, why would you do that against Shayna Baszler um, with the uh, bridged pin it just it just felt a bit stupid to me um, and yeah I just thought it kind of def- it kind of just descended into lots of headlocks and submission holds rather than a mad Ayosha Rai match. I thought um, Shayna Baszler's best matches are still the ones with Kyrie Sane, and I, I think 
I was expecting this to be topped by Ayo Shirai, but it, I thought I just wasn't really. So, what, what would you? Am I being harsh in your opinion, or how did you feel about it? No, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. And I, if there's one brand that's going to be, you know, that we have hope that would address something like the, you know, the the way she tried to go for the pin, Ayo Shirai tried to go for the pin, it would be NXT. And I'm wondering if her flipping out at the end of the match, you know, grabbing the kendo stick and beating Shayna Baszler with mm. it, or even, you know, when she grabbed the chair from Candice LeRae, is, does she then come out, you know, on the next NXT episodes and sort of just allude to the fact that I'm, I'm more angry with myself? Like, she was just taking out the frustration that instinctively, that's a good pin to go for. But against Shayna Baszler, that's the worst pin to go for. You, at no point should the back of your head be you know, lined up with the front of her head because that's just a recipe for disaster. So I, I'm hoping they address that and, and mention that, you know, and Ayo mentions that you know, it was a mistake. I, I was a bit heated, and that's what led to that. Um, in terms of Shayna Baszler, I think, the, I think the problem with her is I think she's too good at at being the heel in terms that mm. she she's just too good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you, if you were ever to put a bet uh, on, on a match that she's involved in, you'd be pretty stupid to put a bet against her, but people just want her to lose so badly. So, but she doesn't because she's just that damn good. Um, and I, I don't know if also it's coming across as well as WWE wanted to come across in that they want her to be the most dominant champion ever, and yeah. in, especially the from the women's um, side of NXT. And I don't think the fans are quite getting that, or it's not being presented the way that the fans are, are getting it. So I think maybe that's something that they need to work on or tweak. Um, and then for both women, I, I don't know where they go from, from here, because Shayna seems to just be cleaning the whole division out. Maybe Candice LeRae, but for mm -hmm. me, I, I don't know if, if, if she's the one to take it from her. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting division at the moment. Yeah, it's a tough one with that because she has, she has beaten literally everyone. So I, I think Candice is probably the only shout they've got, really, if they want to do a female Johnny situation. Um, but Johnny Gargano's story has been built over two years, not a, not a few months. So maybe they've got to start. Um, fast tracking that, I suppose, but yeah, I've I've always held the position. I think Shayna will probably be probably be one of the only ones who'd be better on the main roster because someone who doesn't watch NXT weekly, apparently her, well, someone who doesn't watch it, I think people say her strength is in the build up to the match and that, and I, you'd, I'd obviously see more when when I watch or suffer through Raw and SmackDown weekly, so it'd probably be better. I'd probably grow. Uh, grow towards her uh, when she gets called up if she if she ever, ever does get called up because i think most of us expected her to be called up ages ago um and but, you have to wonder if that's a link to the rest of the four horsewomen mm. uh, in in terms of shana basil has been held there as long as the the girls are taking to develop and then once they develop then they go up as a trio or of some sort um yeah maybe that's that's the thinking behind that yeah, that's a good show. And if they if they go up as a trio, and then it's a very good way to introduce back Ronda Rousey if she does come back, for example. So yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, last match, and well, for me, the best match. Uh, it just oh, 
30 odd minutes of pure brilliance. Just Adam Cole winning his first um, NXT uh, heavyweight, what the hell to call it, main title, um, in, I can only describe it as a five-star classic because this match was just fantastic from start to end. It So many spots. Uh, I, can't, I can't even think of a specific one, but this is one of the best matches I've seen, well, since Johnny Gargano was last on a takeover. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, um, I think... I think this is the first time in the podcast that we're not going to fully agree. Oh. Well, <laughs> oh. But in terms that only because I, I don't think this match was as good as the, was a takeover New York. Yes. Um, the, the previous takeover, the three falls match that they oh, had. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I think that one was laid out a bit better than this one in terms of, um, you know, Johnny had to fight the odds of the, the rest of the undisputed era eventually coming in. But I do still, you know, that's not to say that this wasn't a bad match. I did enjoy it. And I thought it was a good match itself. Um, I think obviously in terms of the result, it, it had to happen now. Maybe people will, will argue that, you know, Johnny not being able to defend it at least once might, might be an issue. But then again, they're, they're likely to address something like that. Mm. And, Adam Cole, you know, because Adam Cole's whole issue, this whole, you know, the build up to this match was I won the first four. I, you know, I, I won the first four. If it was a normal one pin match, I would have won the title. And then in this match, he goes on and wins the match. So he can always drag that on and say, you see, I was right. Um, but I think for Adam Cole, throughout his time in NXT, it's just been a timing issue. Um Every time he's been in and around or near the conversation for a title, there's been a Finn, um, you know, Finn Balor or a Andrade Cien Almas or a Drew McIntyre being brought back in, or you know, there's always there always seems to be someone there that pushes him down the pecking order a little bit. So it was good that there's a little bit of a gap here where Tommaso Ciampa isn't there 
So it allows you to, to sneak him in because if Tommaso Ciampa was there, I don't see how he would he would be in the title picture, unfortunately. So it's, it's good that he's in the picture. And as we alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, I'm, I'll be interested to see if they then go into the whole prophecy storyline of all of them holding the titles or they go another route. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. I mean, the Undisputed Era has been one of the best, if not the best, um, staples in NXT history. It's just been bloody fantastic. Um, Obviously, uh, they've now had two matches, and obviously the two out of three falls matches like a million matches in itself, and we kind of had the same dynamic with Gargano v Champa. Do you think they'll introduce like a third party like they were planning to with... um, Alistair Black back then. Um, do you think they'll put in someone else to spice it up and make it a triple threat or something like that? Because having three, three, three matches on consecutive takeovers is a bit much. But I mean, they'll make they'll make it work. But they do um, like to throw on an extra head now and then. Yeah, and perhaps that's when maybe the Matt Riddle element could mm. come in. Um, I think obviously Matt Riddle's helped out Gargano throughout. You know this build-up when when the the damn numbers game has come up against him. So maybe he comes in and throws his name, um, throws his hat in the ring. Uh, in terms of other people in the division, I, I think it's either going to be Johnny Gargano or Matt Riddle, unless by some freak Tommaso Ciampa is back early and he wants Goldie back. That'd be fantastic. But I think I was, I'm sure, I, I'm sure people get a chance to watch the. Um... No, not the Triple H twenty four thing. Um, I think there was news that I'd say that he he is he needs to be a hundred percent percent to come back because I think they're giving update after it on his Facebook thing. Um, but yeah, if he comes back, it it'd be such a good storyline. Um, so yeah, that that was the good of this podcast. Um, now on to the bad. Um, well, I think we'll have to start with Raw, and just for the listeners, we are recording this on Tuesday evening. Um, UK time, so we haven't seen SmackDown yet. So if Brock cashes in on Kofi Kingston tonight, tough. <laughs> we can't cover it. Um, but I think we have to start with Raw. Um, we had Brock Lesnar advertised to cash in and all that jazz, but it looks like he's cashing in on on Friday now. Whether he's just going to add himself to the match or he's going to um, attack afterwards or whatever. But th- this week's episode of Raw for me, apart from Bray Wyatt being brilliant again, and um, Cesaro v um, Ricochet for the third week in a row being brilliant, but three weeks in a row, um, a bit much. But other than that, I thought it was a terrible episode of Raw, and it really didn't do anything in terms of me wanting to watch the Super Saudi shit show. Yeah, I think I've given up on the the whole term of the go-home show. Because it, it doesn't seem like they take they're putting as much importance to shows being you know the go home shows to any of the pay per views that they have. Obviously, okay, fine. We had the Undertaker um, and the Triple H and Randy Orton segments, but I, I I still don't think they're doing what they used to do in terms of really driving home and making you interested, as you said, to want to watch the uh, the the events or the build up or. Sorry, to get you G'd up to watch the pay-per-views, maybe because of the the network now they don't feel the pressure as much. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that seems to be a concern at the moment. In terms of the episode as a whole, I think even for me, 
getting excited, for example, for the Cesaro and Ricochet match, you know it's going to be a good match, but there's just no stakes. And we've seen, you know, a combination, you know, this match seems like a combination of the other matches that they have had. Um, Whereas if this was maybe a qualifier for the US Championship or or something, just, just to really pique our interest, I think it would make the matches a lot more interesting. And then... That being said, it still ends up being a really good match. Uh, yeah, it was a, a episode of Raw that you could miss. In terms of best things on the show, definitely Bray Wyatt. Um, if, if you don't watch anything on Raw, make an effort to go out of your way and watch the vignettes and the segments that he's doing at the moment. They're really, really fantastic. And then maybe because I'm so... <sighs> uninspired or, or not as interested in what they're doing in terms of content wise on raw the matches are still really strong for most of the part i'm really enjoying the content of the 24 7 title <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something that maybe if the, the the rest of the show was as hot as i'd want it to be maybe it wouldn't be as funny for me but for it just seems like one of those things where i don't take it seriously but i just think it's a good laugh um, so I guess I guess it was, it's working the way they wanted to. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's been a not surprising, but I think it's just been a good source of comedy whenever it's been on. I think when it was announced, I just I don't know why I didn't think of our truth, but he is literally the perfect bloke to hold on to it. It's just it's just fantastic. But I think it, the worry is after our truth will it suffer and then just be, eventually just not become anything and then just end up on main event or something like that and nobody will give a rat's ass about it it's just um but yeah our truth is just perfect with it <laughs> jinder mahal pinning it on the golf course in full wrestling gears funny uh it's just brilliant uh and Dr- Dr- when drake maverick gets it i hope they save that for like wrestlemania it'll be brilliant <laughs> just keep going for months and months and if he wins at wrestlemania it'll be brilliant uh but yeah it, it, that I think that's just serving its purpose really well. And Bray Wyatt, just don't, just don't ever come back. Just keep doing these. It's brilliant. <laughs> just keep doing the vignettes. It's... I'm so scared of him coming back because we know how, you know, the 50-50 booking that ends up happening on the main roster, except for, you know, the guys like Roman Reigns. Bray Wyatt is doing some really amazing stuff. And you could water down that gimmick by making him a 50-50 booked guy. He needs to come back and be a dominant, you know, force. And and even just not necessarily winning every single match, but at least in the high 70s to 80%, I think. And with, with, that, with that gimmick, I think he could really become a, a, a superstar for the show. And then um, in terms of, I don't know if you noticed, you know, obviously with the 24-7 title and um, that that was brought on to try and, bring something new to the third hour of Raw. Mm. And then, I don't know, did did they abandon the darkening of... I think of, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it seemed like, they, you know, they had the third hour of Raw was now being taped in a darker setting. The, the lights were dimmed and they were trying stuff with that. But that seems to have gone this week. And then also the electric chair has gone, thank God. Yeah, that that, that one episode. No, Sammy's in, not even on TV now. <laughs> uh... Yeah, that was a that was a bad segment. <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, Bray Wyatt. I I just hope that they kind of don't go the Finn Balor 
way where he kind of he's crap in his human form and he puts on a mask every big pay per view. I just go, oh, I just. It just I just want him kind of in promos in a jumper and then all of a sudden he just turns into this lunatic. Oh, I can't if they do it right, it's gonna be my favourite thing ever. But no faith in that whatsoever. Um but yeah, that was raw. We'll have to talk about the actual card of this thing now. Uh, I've just got it on Wikipedia. I have no idea if this will be the actual order of it being shown, but I doubt it comes in the first match is Triple H versus Randy Orton, plucked straight out of two thousand and nine. Um, yeah, the Saudis got a match they probably watched 10 years ago, or one of the kids watched 10 years ago and went, yeah, that was all right. Any hope for this being good? I mean, Triple H doesn't put on boring matches, I suppose. Like, Well, puts on bad ones, <laughs> if you, the last <laughs> Saudi show with the tag match, but he normally does all right in singles matches. I think the the biggest thing for me is just hoping Triple H doesn't get injured, because it seems like he's... Yeah. he's he seems to be getting some sort of injury in, in all of his matches lately. So hoping he doesn't get injured. I think obviously putting him with Randy Orton, that's one of the safest mm-hmm. words in, in the game at the moment. So I think that he'll be fine there. And in terms of build, I don't think there's an, enough build on this. If they really wanted to, or if they really had time, maybe they, they could have done something a lot more special, but showing us vignettes from, you know, 10 years ago and onwards, doesn't really inspire me for that match. Um, I think it will be a fine match. It's not particularly one I'm super excited for. And clearly, I think it's, as you said, it's it's a match that was requested by the royal family or, or someone in and around the royal family. Yeah, I just think it'll be a pretty standard match. Um, not no real risk-taking, because if anyone's watched the Triple H uh, WrestleMania weekend for he is a busy man. He does not need to be injured again. <laughs> um fifty man battle royale. Um I am assuming Strowman's not in this one. He obviously won the greatest Royal Rumble ever, which again was crap. But apart from Titus on it, uh always remember Titus. But the fifty man battle royale, I have no idea who's in it. Um I don't really care, but anyone jumping out at you that you think could win oh my goodness um i genuinely have no clue i genuinely have no clue who they, who they this is to. how interested we are in this <laughs> i think the, the biggest disappointment for me with that battle royal is that it's it there's no stakes for it could they not have put the u.s title in that's a good show you know for for that one um i think yeah i think it's just gonna be it's it's just going to be a cluster, just a cluster f of 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 superstars in there. I don't even know if they've announced everyone that's going to be in there. So I think it's just trying to get everyone a payday. Um, obviously we know they get paid quite a lot on 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 these shows. So I think it's just to get the rest of the roster a payday, and then we'll see what happens. Maybe Samoa Joe wins it, uh, just because just to solidify him having the U.S. title, but they won't necessarily put the U.S. title on the line. Um, although thinking about it, fighting for the U.S. title in a battle royal it's, in, in, in Saudi in, Arabia. <laughs> oh, in Jeddah. Oh, yeah. we, we don't know where Jeddah is, remember? In, insert country here. <laughs> International show. <laughs> That's the one. I think that could be quite funny. So, yeah, maybe it won't be for the... Maybe putting it for the U.S. title is not the greatest idea. But I think 
I, I really couldn't care less purely because there's no stakes and I see it as something that gives everyone a payday. I, they love a legend, so I'll just say Hulk Hogan, which will be <laughs> amazingly bad. Uh, but realistically, I'll say... Let's go with Elias, because it'll be funny. Um, oh, God, the next match. The next match, struck, plucked straight from 1999, <laughs> is Goldberg v Undertaker in what would have been one of the biggest matches ever in 1999. But now... It's going to be, oh my God, please don't die. <laughs> it's, it's a terrifying thought. But Jesus Christ, we're gonna, we are relying on Goldberg running a match with The Undertaker because Undertaker, last time we saw him, could not move. This is going to be bad. Oh, this is, it's, it's, it's a scary thought, actually. Um, but to be fair, Undertaker has looked better physically over the last, like, sort of, two appearances or so that he's made. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I did find it funny that um, Undertaker, you know, it, in the last episode of Raw, did that whole 10-minute walk to the ring. And you could, you know, if you're looking at your clocks, you can see there's <laughs> five minutes left of the show when he's entering. Um, it's not adding up, you know, mathematically of him having to get to the ring and cut a promo. And I think maybe they didn't tell him that... Um, they no longer have that over overflow run that they used to have on the US USA network. So at I think it's eleven o'clock for them there. At eleven o'clock exactly they cut him off and he didn't get to that whole rest in peace <laughs> part, which was quite funny. Um but yeah, in terms of the match, um I think to be fair, I think it could be good if they just do a five minute <laughs> No no if they do a five minute high spot match. Where they're just going for they're just going for their finishes and and you know semi finishes and walking the top the the top rope the, you know those they play yeah. the hits for five minutes don't drag it out for you know if it becomes any more than five minutes I think I think that that becomes a worry but it, yeah five minutes high spot match and I'll be for it to be fair that that I think that's the best of a bad situation really so I hope to do that I fear they'll do what they did with Triple H and Undertaker last time, uh, or previous one before last time, is where it goes on for about half an hour and one of them will die. Uh, but yeah, it just if, it, if it's five to ten minutes of just utter mentalness, I imagine Undertaker will win. Is that your prediction as well? Yeah, I think, I think Undertaker takes it. Um, oof. But does Goldberg come back to, to, to take a loss? How many zeros do you think is in the number they have to <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe if, if they see another match in Undertaker, which they probably do down the line, maybe they, they, they give the win to Undertaker this time around. But I wouldn't be surprised if Goldberg wins. Uh, just, just to go back to the 50-man battle royal, there are eight people that are announced for it. So as it stands, it's Ricochet, Cesaro, Dash Wilder, Scott Dawson... Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, The Miz, and Mojo Raleigh. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a strong field, that. <laughs> oh, God, that's going to... thing is, the entrances are going to take so bloody... Oh, no, it's a battle royal, not a Royal Rumble. Egg, yeah, we're going to have to wait for 50 people to get in the bloody rings. Uh, oh, no, I, the, the way I see it is there'll be, like, 40 people in the ring already. Yeah, probably. And maybe 10 get an entrance, at most. 
yes. And one of them will be Hulk Hogan. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, God, um, yeah, that's a good show, actually. Uh, imagine doing 50. They've got to give Titus one, just in case he does it again. <laughs> uh, that that saved the first one, let's be honest. Um, uh, just go back to Triple H for you, Randy, for a sec. I might as well get predictions. Triple H for you? Yeah, I think Triple H goes over. Yeah, same. Um, next match, then. Ugh. God, this is going to be bad again. Um, Strowman v. Bobby Lashley, who we didn't mention, because I fast-forwarded, <laughs> uh, for good reason, had an arm wrestling match on Raw to get us psyched for this one. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this is something I don't want to see. I maybe wanted to see it earlier when Bobby Lashley was a face and I thought he could turn on Strowman when they were a team for a couple of weeks, but man, I could not give less of a crap about this match. And it just goes, it's all about booking really, because if you look at them physically, you know, this could be a really, really good match, you know, sort of those Godzilla versus, um, thinking about King Kong type matches where it's two behemoths going up against each other. Um, and also with regards to the booking, they only had the arm wrestling match after the match was booked. Whereas I thought maybe you have the arm wrestling match as a test of strength or, you know, bench pressing or some sort of macho um, competition. And then Bobby Lashley just gets angry after losing. And that's what leads to the match. Whereas it seems like they've done it the wrong way around where the match is already created and then they do the arm wrestling and then Lashley gets angry for losing. I just thought that was a bit weird. But in, in terms of the match itself, yeah, I... Look, Braun's had some heat recently, so I wouldn't mm. be surprised if Vince wants Lashley to go over. Um, That'd be such a big step down, considering what eight, eighteen to two, eighteen months to two years ago. Yeah, we, we were thinking he could be the one who could take Roman's spot, for example, and usurp Brock and stuff. It's there. he was the one. Yeah, yeah. He, he was the one, and and they just called him down so much. And that's my concern. The fact that they've cooled him down so much, Vince could easily justify him losing here. I hope he doesn't, but you never know. Yeah, I'm good. I'll go with Braun on this one. Um, I I think the Saudi bloke will obviously like him, considering they give him the greatest Royal Rumble and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I'll go with Braun. Um, next match, the only one. Well, maybe not the only one, but the main one that actually has my interest peaked. But my only concern between Finn ba- Demon, Demon Finn Balor, um, who has not been seen since Money in the Bank, I believe, um, and Andrade is if they want to really book the Demon strong and as they do a squash match. But if that is not the case, I expect this will easily be the best match of the night. Oh yeah, I think this could steal the show. Um, if they really, really let them go, this could steal the show. I, I just, I kind of wish it, it wasn't Demon, Demon yeah. King purely because I think that spoils the ending a bit. Um, they, they obviously really book Demon King quite strong, but in in terms of pure spectacle wrestling matches, this could be something special. And I know Andrade is going to be. He's very keen at the moment to constantly impress Vince McMahon. Um, I think we spoke about last time mm. learning English and that type of stuff. So 
he's going to want to put on a good show. And then Finn Balor, um, obviously getting the IC title, he wants to keep that and show his worth for that title. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a good match. And I would love Andrade to win, but I think it's going to be Demon King. Yeah, I mean, if they if they announce tonight that it's not Demon anymore, I think that'd probably be the best thing for the match. But I think I'm going to go with Stomping Grounds. I think it is is two weeks after. But obviously, um, Saudi stuff is usually not canon, so I think you can obviously continue this feud into um, Stomping Grounds, and we'll probably see this this feud run because it's been building uh, even before Money in the Bank with uh, the. Uh, Draft or what, I can't remember what it's called. Superstar Shake-Up, it's been building since then, so I think this could continue beyond that. But yeah, if, it, if it's not canon, um, have, have the uh, Demon book strong and then we can kind of more of a 50-50 feud afterwards. Um, but it is strange. We've not really we've not really seen much of Andrade or, or anyone post money in the bank who isn't Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns or Shane McMahon. <laughs> um, but yeah... Wow. Card. Yes, why not? SmackDown, just Roman Reigns and Kofi Kingston, same story every week. Why not? And Shane comes out and does the same thing. And now he's replaced Elias with Drew McIntyre, so he's ruined two people I like, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, th- it, this one, I, I really hope they put a better build into it after the... Um, the Saudi show because they've not been on TV and Andrade was carrying SmackDown with Rey Mysterio for the last for the back end of last year. It's it's a, it's a real weird situation and Finn Balor's championship reign's been pretty meh so far. Um, oh god. Um, next one, we just mentioned him. Well, we just mentioned both of them ruining both shows. Um, Roman Reigns v Shane McMahon. We discussed this kind of before we started recording. Um, do you agree with me that the finishing spot will be a spear off the coast to coast where Shane almost dies like he did last time he did that? I think I think it will be. That that's gonna be the money shot for them and hopefully this is the end of this feud. Because I, the worry for me is having, you know, the Drew McIntyre's and stuff in and around mm. is if them trying to give Shane the win here to prolong this this feud going forward but i think now's the time to just give give roman reigns something else I, I don't think i don't think he should be feuding with shane but as as i said it seems like roman is starting to get cheered and obviously the only way they're getting roman cheered is by going up against the heel mcmahon you know a heel authority and if they yeah. if they've noticed that and obviously they should have because they paid the most attention to roman reigns they like the fact that he's starting to get cheered, so they might keep this going. Um, yeah, that, that's the only concern where maybe it's like a uh, some a hokey finish, where maybe necessarily not Roman gets pinned, but maybe he, you know, like Drew McIntyre holds his leg from under the ring, yeah. and Roman doesn't make the ten count or or something like that. Um, but in terms of, I don't see Roman getting pinned or tapping out. Roman's never tapped out. I don't think. In WWE, so he's definitely not tapping out. Uh, Imagine Shane McMahon <laughs> taps him out with and the so, worst triangle hold in the history of anything. <laughs> and that was that was the build up they were trying to do on Raw, I suppose. Was oh, could Shane tap him out? And yeah, so <laughs> uh, I don't think that can happen. And equally, I don't see 
the visual of Roman Reigns being pinned one, two, three, unless maybe he takes a finisher from Elias, Drew McIntyre, and Shane. And then they say that's what kept him down. But um, I do, I can see why they would make Roman lose because he's starting to get cheered. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Um, it, again, it's, it's not really canon, so maybe they just want the the crowd pleaser of Roman winning clean, but I think they've announced um, Roman v. Drew at stomping grounds already, so uh, it looks like the feud will continue with Shade, and maybe the actual payoff will be at, um, at SummerSlam, so I, I'll go with Roman winning just to be different. Um and then they'll they'll never talk about this match again, um like they do with every other thing that's happened in Saudi. Um so yeah, I think I think that match will be pretty boring. I think it'll just be loads of rest holds and then one big flurry. Uh like every other Roman Reigns match since he's been back. Um it's not been pretty. Um one of the title matches, not we know who's going to win this one. It's going to be Kofi Kingston. But I think this could be a good match. Dolph has no chance of winning because he's not even meant to be there. <laughs> uh, but we, we've seen these two have feuds probably about a decade ago and it was probably the biggest feud in the mid-card for quite a while. But I think this will be a good match. Kofi's been putting on good matches for, well, for bloody ages. Um, so yeah, I think this will probably be the second best match of the night um, if, if Andrade has done as we hope. This is where my biggest conspiracy theory comes in. Oh, God. <laughs> what if somehow Brock Lesnar beats Kofi Kingston and then cashes in on Seth Rollins and has both the belts leading into Fox, like when, when, they, when they debut on Fox? That's how Can, you turn me, make me never watch a WWE thing ever again. I know. I'm. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing, but it seems it, because he's so flip floppy. Of is he going to go for Seth? Is he going to go for, you know, Kofi? And it seems like a foregone conclusion that he is going to cash in on Seth. I can see Vince thinking, "Oh, the biggest heel move: put both titles on Brock Lesnar." You know, like that type of thing. Um, that that's probably the wildest uh, conspiracy that I have going at the moment. But if that doesn't happen then yeah, I think Kofi Kingston wins wins this match. And yeah, Dolph Ziggler, very good at selling. And I, Ricochet reminds me of Dolph Ziggler in the sense that he's so good at selling for the other wrestlers and making them look good that he never ends up winning the big ones because he's used as a person that helps elevate everyone else. And mm. I'm scared Ricochet, Vince could push Ricochet into that bracket. I'm hoping he doesn't because clearly Ricochet is, is bigger than that and he should be bigger than that. But for Dolph Ziggler, I think he can put on a great great match with anyone. It's just whether or not you can get enough heat on Dolph Ziggler to believe that he's going to win a match. I think that's where the key thing comes out. But I, I, I do see a lot of false finishes in this match and it will be a good spectacle unless the conspiracy happens. Yeah, I mean... I, I can't see, well, I can see, but I, I hope for the love of God, I hope for the love of God he doesn't um, get both belts. But it, is there an actual se- serious conversation to be had about 
Brock actually ca- cashing in on Kofi is a bit of a swerve. Obviously, we haven't watched um, SmackDown yet, so I doubt Brock will be on it, but maybe Heyman will and will address it and, and, and put hints into people's heads and stuff. But could that be an actual swerve where he cashes in on Kofi instead? I think it is purely because of the Fox deal. They want a more sports orientated mm. program, and what better sports? Look, we said obviously with the way they book. Uh, Brock Lesnar and the, and the way Brock is seen as, as fans at the moment, it's not very favorable. But in the eyes of WWE, what better way to show that we are a sports-centered program now on SmackDown Live on Fox than having Brock Lesnar, you know, as your champion? So I think there's every possibility Brock hashes in on Kofi. In fact, I think it makes more sense for yeah, him so. to hash on Kofi unless the only way I'd see it logical logical that he'll go against Seth is because he's pissed off that Seth Seth keeps saying that he's beaten him and he just wants to prove a point that he can beat Seth and in that case Seth then beats him again or something um but in terms of easy targets you have to think Kofi Kingston's a a really easy target and I don't see Kofi beating Brock Lesnar um and obviously as I said with the Fox deal I think that that's a no-brainer in terms of WWE's eyes, not necessarily maybe from the fans' eyes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it makes. I think it makes so much sense that Vince will ignore it. <laughs> um, so I, I think I've, I'd quite like not like it, but I'd quite enjoy the swerve of him cashing in on Kofi because I think if built right, that feud could be very interesting. I agree with you. I couldn't see them making Kofi beat Lesnar clean and stuff like that but I think it'd be an interesting feud and it, I think it'd help build Kofi into superstardom it, well even if they did want him to beat, uh, beat Lesnar it'd, it'd push it even more um, but yeah I think that might be the one one swerve we might get is, is Brock cashes it on Kofi I suppose but I think the safe bet would be just cashes it on Seth uh, or please no Baron. <laughs> uh, we, I don't want to see Brock Lesnar v Baron Corbin. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, that's the interesting one coming into these um, title matches, I suppose, is the Brock factor and who he will cash in on. Um, but the next match, Baron Corbin has boring his way into the uh, WWE Universal Championship match um, against Seth Rollins. The match is going to be bad. We know this. Baron Corbin doesn't do good matches apart from with Ricochet, apparently. Um, but this is going to be bad. Seth Rollins is going to have injuries to play off on, so it's going to be a Corbin run match, so it's going to be even worse than we, we thought. And then we've got the Brock factor. Um, so what are we expecting here? Baron Corbin does his three cool moves, Seth hits him with the curb stomp, and then Brock just comes out and batters him. Well... What I'm hoping is the fact that because there's no, you know, adverts for this show, then Corbin can work a little bit faster. Um, it seems like on television where there are adverts, he tends to go to those rest holds and, you know, the neck locks and uh, sleeper holds way too often. And obviously that's being directed by the producers considering the adverts. I think in this match, Corbin could surprise a few people. Um, he's, he's shown he's capable of having good matches. And if there's one person that can get a good match out of him, it's going to be Seth Rollins. But as you said, the biggest worry is that Seth's going to be working not just from underneath, but way underneath with the injury concerns. You know, um, he's going to be selling a lot of 
of the injuries that that happened this past week on Raw. So that could slow the match down. That's that's my only biggest concern. I do wonder why they haven't brought up the fact that um, if Corbin does win the title, that there's the possibility Brock could cash in on him. Um, I, I don't know why Corbin hasn't met. I'd, I'd actually, I'd actually enjoy that. To be fair, I you know would, I'd, I'd hate him beating Seth, but imagine Brock just battering him. It'd be funny. And it seems like a, a perfect role for Corbin, considering you know the character of Baron Corbin is that he finally wins the championship because obviously Seth is injured or whatever, and then he's celebrating. You know, maybe gets people to come and put. He demands that people um, raise him on, on, on their shoulders and that, you know, holding a ceremony. And then all of a sudden you just hear that Brock music and Brock cashes and then destroys him in three seconds. You know, that, that seems like a common oh, spot. I, I want it. I want this to happen now, <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously then you can always run back Seth the Brock after that. Just claim that, you know, Seth never lost to Brock. So it could, it could work as a nice transition, actually. And it'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, all picking up Barry Corbin, and just L- Lesnar comes around and just pisses right through him. It'd be lovely. Um, I don't know why this is last on the Wikipedia list. Maybe it's because it was the last to be announced or something like that. But I should have said it earlier in the pod. But we're going to finish with the big match of Lars Sullivan v Lucha House Party. Um, I don't know why. I don't care. Lars Sullivan's obviously had his controversy and stuff like that, and that's even made him worse because uh, well, he's obviously a dickhead. Um, but, yeah, this match is just going to be Lars Sullivan battering people. Yeah, I think so. He's just going to be squatting, um, you know. They're going to be obviously high-flying moves, and he's just going to be taking them apart. I think... Look, it's it's a good position for Lars to be in wrestling wise. Obviously, I, I don't want to touch the the outside the ring yeah. stuff because there, there's a time and place for those things. But in terms of the character in the ring, you know, going against three guys that are high flying, um, going to be trying to cut down the tree that is Lars Sullivan. It could make for an interesting, you know, match. They they could make that really really interesting and fun. And then obviously I think the end result is Lars Sullivan just showing his dominance. And the, these type of matches are important for a big man. You can't throw a big man straight into the, the matches against the Braun Strowman or mm. the Bobby Lashley's. You need these matches where, you know, he establishes himself as a dominant force and then you can throw him against bigger opponents. So it's an important match for him to have. Um, I just f- hope that Lucha House Party don't get eviscerated too badly in terms of just body wear wear and tear not necessarily in terms of how they lose the match but because it seems like Lars can be a bit careless at times um when he's throwing people around obviously because he's trying to show how vicious he is that comes with an air of not being careful so it's it's just planning that match out really well but I, i think it can be good for Lars from a character perspective yeah, I imagine this will be one of the uh, pee break matches between a half an hour Goldberg v Undertaker match and a fifty man battle royale. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think this will be one where it's quick, mad. Um, we'll see some jumping about, but ultimately Lars Sullivan's going to do three 
running power bombs that all look exactly the same, um, and and win pretty comfortably. Um, yeah, we've we've gone through all the card. Maybe stuff will get added tonight or the the week up to it. I imagine we'll get some archery shenanigans as well, which would probably help fill out the card and stuff like that. But um, what match you looking forward to most, or or moments you looking forward to most? If we want to include Brock in that, um, I think match I'm looking forward to is Finn Balor versus Andrade, as we've alluded mm-hmm. to. I really think they can put on a good show and then obviously in terms of what Brock does with the with the briefcase I do think you know just just to maybe defend WWE here obviously this could become out um, overplayed the putting the, the the briefcase on Brock and he's always constantly threatening that he's going to challenge but it's clearly something they've done to try and boost viewer ratings Oh, could Brock be cashing this week? And then they just move it on to the next week. Could Brock be cashing this week? And they, you know, you just rinse and repeat that sort of MO. But it, it's, it, to be fair, I think it has brought interest to those titles because you, you never know if Brock is going to, to, to cash in and when and where he's going to cash in and how he's going to cash in and what that means for those divisions going forward. Um, obviously we'll look at the numbers a bit later in the week in terms of how, the viewership has done, but the viewership has gone up over the last few weeks. Um, whether or not that is Brock Lesnar, you'll be certain WWE will definitely be crediting it to this Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar storyline. So, um, yeah, from their eyes, they're going to be saying, well, it was the right decision to put the briefcase on him. Um, obviously, we have, you know, many have reservations in terms of you could have put it on a younger star and really elevated him. But from a you know, a, a project that they've done in trying to got, um, get an increase in ratings, I think it has worked, putting it on Brock. Yeah, makes sense. But the real ratings are for Firefly Hun- Funhouse. We know this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree I agree with you. I think the, the best match will easily be Finn Balor v Andrade, which will be disappointing when they do a five-minute squash match. Um, but other than that, Battle Royals are normally fun, but this won't be. Um, and if this swerves with Brock, I'm quite interested to see how they go with that. But I, I imagine they'll just go the Seth Rollins route and have that play out at SummerSlam or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be crap overall. Um, and I think it'll be disappointing. And then Stomping Grounds will probably suffer from this as well. But yeah. I'll watch it because there's no else on a Friday and football's finished, so I need something to bloody watch. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's that's been the show. Um, any other wrestling stories that we've missed out today? With not exactly news, but any anything we've missed in the world of wrestling? I know it's early in the week. Um, interestingly enough, WWE, if we look in UK, was they're holding a tryout for well, a women's only tryout for the UK right. NXT. So I think. To keep it local, I think that's quite interesting. Um, they're going to be hosting that this week, so we'll see what transpires from that. There are a few people that that are going to be at the trials, but I'm, I'm not sure if, if we know many of them. To be honest, uh, yeah, I'm not going to name them because I'll, I'll be selling them shorter yeah. by not promoting them correctly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I think also in terms of just news, obviously Dean Ambrose's podcast with uh, Chris Jericho recently. Mm. 
where he just goes off on Vince McMahon and WWE production and basically the the last six months of his WWE contract. That, that, that was quite interesting just to gauge how frustrated he was. And you could see, I think even more so when the second podcast came out, I think it was... Um, it wasn't on the Chris Jericho one, but it, it was the second podcast. Forgotten who it was with, um, where he he clearly is being the voice for all of the people that are frustrated in WWE and can't say anything at the moment. Because we've seen if you if you even try and request publicly that you want to leave WWE, they are adding months to your contracts due to you know times when you were injured or they just really burying you on TV if you're the revival. So it seems like that's shut a lot of the disgruntled um, wrestlers and talent down a bit, and maybe we're not hearing a lot more requests and frustrations. But Dean Ambrose, or now John Moxley, being able to speak out on what has been going on from his line of view, I think was good for a lot of the talent that's in there, maybe it affects, you know, the way WWE do things, whether or not it does, we'll see. But yeah, I think that that's probably the most interesting thing that's come out over the last week or so, I think. Yeah, I think it is as well. Uh, the only other stuff is that I think there's like three shows um, on August 29th or 31st. I can't remember which date is, but obviously we'll, we'll cover 31st. 31st yeah. So we'll, we'll, Across all of us, we'll we'll cover um, whatever the uh, AAW show is called, NXT UK, and uh, probably not the New Japan one for me, but maybe we'll get one of the cleverer, the one of the more actual wrestling fans to cover that one. Um, but yeah, uh, that's the only other thing I can think of. But we will finish up there today. So thanks for joining me, and thanks for listening, everyone at home. Goodbye. <laughs>